But as I watched this video, a couple months ago I came across it, and I just kind of began to think about Mother's Day. And and for some reason I was drawn, because my mind's a little twisted, I was drawn toward that bumper sticker. How many of you remember the bumper sticker, my kid is an honor student at such and such school? Okay, some of you probably had one of those. I would have been the one that had the rebuttal to that. My kid beat up your honor kid student. Um, If there was a bumper sticker that said, my mom is better than your mom, um, I would probably want that, as you probably would too. I hope that all of us in this room this morning are able to say that we had amazing mothers, and and at least we've had amazing women of influence in my life. I know every woman in this room, um, in some way or another, has impacted my life, and I pray you have those type motherly figures in your life as well. So over the past several weeks, I've been kind of collecting some, some, some funny memes because I think all of us would agree that during days that we find ourselves in now, we have a greater um, appreciation for our moms and the women in our life. And these are just some memes that I came across. And the first one is clearly from a teacher, okay? Um, and it goes like this. Some of y'all are about to find out it's not the teacher or the school. Another one, three hours into homeschool, and one kid has been suspended for skipping class, and the other has already been expelled. And just like that, spanking and prayer is back in school. Somewhere out there, there's a kid that brought home the class hamster for the weekend. Their parents are not happy. I'm a horrible homeschool parent. My child has been at recess since 10.30 a.m., Another one, um, how's my homeschool going, you ask? Two students were suspended for fighting. Another student is requesting to transfer to another school. The lunch lady quit on the first day. The janitor has never had to clean up so much mess, and a teacher was fired for drinking on the job. And and, and one, um, I like this one, if you see me talking to myself this week, mind your business, I'm having a parent-teacher conference. You know, this morning, I would like to invite you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 2. And we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 10 together. And we're going to look at the story of Moses, um, of his birth specifically. You know, I want us to look at this story a little bit differently than we probably have looked at it before. I want us to focus in on um, a lady by the name of Jochebed. And Jochebed was actually the mother of Moses. And, and um, most of us probably haven't ever really thought about Moses' mother. In, unless you um, really have, have really focused in on the names of, of people as you're reading through genealogies and as you're reading through those, this person begat such and such, you only see the name Jochebed twice in Scripture, once in the book of Numbers and the other in the book of Exodus. In Exodus 6.20, we read these words, Amran took as his wife Jochebed, his father's sister, and she bore him Aaron and Moses, the years of his life, the years of the life of Amran being 137 years. You know, we know very little about this woman. 
Um, very little about Moses' parents. Um, we don't know a whole lot, but what we do know is that she had at least three children, and each of those children um, were influential. She had Miriam, Aaron, and Moses. And Moses is, we would all agree, considered to be one of the greatest men to ever walk the face of this earth. He was a writer. He wrote the first five books of, of the, the Old Testament. He was a warrior. He was a songwriter. He was a natural-born leader. He was a deliverer. He was a blessed man. He would speak to God. He would speak for God. And he would see God with his very eyes. I mean, just an amazing man. But as they say, behind every great man is a great woman, right? In fact, her and her husband are included along with Moses as part of the great faith champions that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11. Most of us probably don't really focus in on the parents. We focus men more on, on Moses. But notice what it says in Hebrews 11, beginning of verse 20, all right, verse 23 says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Notice our message point this morning is a mother's sacrifice. A mother's sacrifice. In Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, we read these words. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the river bank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. While her young women walked beside the river, she saw the basket among the reeds and sent to her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take the child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we come before you, Father, just thanking you again for our mothers, thanking you for the women of influence that they are in our lives. Father, I thank you for the women in this room, Lord. And I pray this morning as we walk through Exodus chapter 2 together and as we look at the story of Moses' mother, Jochebed, Father, that all of us, Lord, will we'll just be um, inspired by this woman, by her, her faithfulness to you, her love for you, and her love for the child that you had set apart to be um, a, a great influencer within this world, Lord. Just bless our time together. Father, I pray that your word will speak to each one of us. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, notice our first point this morning. It is this. Jochebed hid Moses. Why did she do this? Why did she hide Moses? To understand this, we have to kind of understand the events of the day. About 400 years has, has transpired since the day that, um, 
that the Israelites entered into the land of Egypt to find shelter um, as a result of the great famine. And, and Scripture tells us in Exodus chapter 1 that a new king rose. And this king was a wicked, ruthless man. And after his oppression of the Israelites did not work, he sought to murder all male-born children. I mean, he was a pretty ruthless man. Notice what we read in Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shipra and the other Pua, when you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live. Moses was born in a culture of death. Think about Jochebed, okay? Think about this woman for just a moment. When she realized there, that she was pregnant, I bet you there was all kinds of emotions that probably swept through her, her system. Happiness because she, was, she had a, a, a child that was living within her, and she was about to give birth to a, to a child. There's probably some fear as well because she was either going to give birth to a boy or a girl. If it was a girl, then all is well. If it was a boy, then she knew the ramifications of, of, of a birth of a boy, that that boy would most likely be put to death. And so what she did is she began to prepare. There was a plan A and there was a plan B. And we see here in verse 2 that plan B had to be put into place. We read in verse 2, the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. So what we know about, about Jochebed is that she planned well and she prepared well. And, and in fact, when this child is born, Scripture says that he was a fine child. Some of your translations say that he was a godly child or that he was a beautiful child or a special child. We've already looked at Hebrews 11.23 that indicated that he was a beautiful child. When Stephen stood before the religious leaders, um, before he was stoned to death, he made it clear to all of those religious leaders that, that Moses, when he was born, that he was, a, was beautiful in God's sight. Jochebed knew from day one that there was something special about her son. She knew he was destined for greatness. I think all parents believe that about their kids, right? At least we better. God has entrusted us with some amazing children to raise, whether they be um, our adult kids, our, our teenage kids, our children, our preschoolers, or, or maybe they're our grandkids or those that we have influence over. God has entrusted these precious children to us to raise, to follow after him. Know the child that you hold or the child that you held in your arms has the potential to change the world. You know, Jewish legend says this about Moses. Moses' birth was painless to his mother. That at his birth, his face was so beautiful that the room was filled with light equal to the sun and moon combined. Then he walked and spoke when he was a day old, and that he refused to nurse eating solid food from birth. You know, clearly that is not true, right? A child does just not get up and walk and talk and eat. Been nice, right? No, that did not happen. A child is to be nurtured from day one by their loving mother and by their loving parents. Unfortunately, that is not always the case. Some of you had amazing mothers that loved the Lord with all their heart and raised you to love the Lord. Others of you, though, did not have that kind of a mom. Your mom was anything but loving. But understand this, regardless of the kind of mom that you had, 
you can become a mom just like Jochebed, right? Just like her who raised her children to follow after the Lord. Notice our second point this morning. After, after um, three months of caring for Moses, we're told in Scripture that Jochebed gave up Moses. Notice again in verses 3 through 6, we read these words. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it, placed it among the reeds by the river bank, and his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it and saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying, she took pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. You know, I cannot even imagine what that must have been like for, for, for this woman. To have to give up her child after three months. I mean, think about it. She nursed her child. She held her child. She rocked her child. She soothed him when he cried. She was his protector and his provider for three months. And then the day came when she knew that she could no longer hide him from the outside world. So instead of allowing the world to swallow him up, she released him and trusted God to deliver him. Some of you may know what it's like to give up a child. You may have given up a child for adoption. Or you may have been a child of adoption and know what it's like to be given up. Jochebed, here's what she did. She took a basket and she turned that basket into an ark, into a watertight boat. She placed Moses into it. Then she stepped back and she trusted in God. There comes a moment in every parent's life when they have to step back and trust God, right? For most of us in this room, that doesn't happen whenever our child is three months old. For most of us, it happens as they enter into adolescent years or teenage years or whenever we launch them off into their college years. But for Jochebed, after three months, she could hide her son no longer. And so she had to give him up. Jochebed had faith. She had courage. She trusted in the Lord. And in this act of obedience, she built a shelter for him and released him into the unknown. Like Jochebed, she had courage. She trusted in the Lord. You and I must become men and women of faith. And as people of faith, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk trusting God. And trust in his plans for our children, right? Well, in verse 5, we get a beautiful picture of God's grace and provisions. We are told that after Jochebed placed Moses into this basket, um, the Pharaoh's daughter comes down to the water's edge to bathe. And, and as she's down there, um, she notices this basket, and, and, and she sends her servant girl over to the basket. And whenever she takes that basket and opens up that lid, she hears that baby crying. And, and J. Vernon McGee said this, The Lord pinched little Moses, and he let out a yelp. He let out a whelp just at the right time. And you think about that. If, if some... Um, some man, some, some um, Egyptian man would have been lo- walking along that water's edge. And he would have seen that basket with the child in it. He would open up that basket and realize that it was an Israelite. And so he probably would have taken 
the command of the king literally and taken little Moses and thrown him in the, into the water. But luckily, though, God brought down a woman to the water's edge. Not just any woman, but a princess. A woman of influence. And, and I, it just, man, I, I just love this story because God, in his perfect timing, brought the right person at the right time to rescue Moses. Now, now, if we were writing this story, we wouldn't have picked an Egyptian to raise Moses, would we? But we're not the writers of this story. God is the writers of this story, and his plan is always perfect. Notice the next point here. Jochebed raises Moses. In verses 7 through 9 again, we read, Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. You know, Moses' sister, Miriam, watched all of these events unfold. And I, I'm sure that as she's watching this and sees that, that the princess has come down to that water's edge, she was probably swept with fear. Because I'm sure that a Hebrew was not allowed to associate with an Egyptian, especially someone of a lower class um, associating with someone of royalty. But, but here we see Miriam. I mean, she kind of, in, in, there's an act of boldness with her. She goes over to the princess and says, hey, do you want me to fetch a woman to come and nurse this child for you? And, and what does the, the princess say? Yes, go and do. And, and not only does um, Miriam go and get her mom to nurse her child, Moses, but the princess also pays her to do that. Isn't that amazing how God works all things out for his good? We read in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God can and will do abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine if we would turn to him and yield our lives over to him. You know, we don't know how long Moses um, would be able to spend time with his mother. We don't know how long that is. Some scholars say that it could have been as many as three to five years. We don't know, but what we do know is that those three four, five years, however long it was, were, were years of influence for young Moses. We can be certain that Moses took what he learned from his mom, from his dad, and these others of influence back with him into the king's palace. He learned about Yahweh God. He learned about right and wrong. He, he surely learned the different biblical accounts of creation and the fall of man, the flood. He learned about the patriarchs of the faith, Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. You know, we have been entrusted, haven't we, with sons, daughters, grandchildren, granddaughters, grandsons, and once again, students that we have influence over, whether that be if you're a teacher in the classroom, whether you're a Sunday school teacher, those that you have influence over, or maybe it's just kids in your neighborhood that you have influence over. God has given them to us so that we can raise them and equip them to become the men and women that God created them to be. Notice our first, fourth point here. 
Jochebed would have to let her son go a second time. And so we see Jochebed surrenders Moses. Notice verse 10. It says, when the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. This mama didn't give up her son once, but she had to give up her son twice. And we're told that this second time that, that, that Moses would become the son of the daughter of Pharaoh. So what we're told, I mean, what that tells us is that whenever Moses is dropped off at, the, at Pharaoh's household, that it wasn't a play date, was it? No, it was a, a, a surrendering of her child over to the king's palace to be raised within a culture. I mean, think about the culture that Moses would have been raised in, the influence of those pagan gods that he would have been raised in the midst of. And yet, during this time, what do we know about Moses? Moses remained faithful to the Lord. He kept his eyes fixed upon God. You know, we're told that, that Pharaoh's daughter named him Moses. The very name Moses means drawn out, referring to the fact that Moses was drawn out of the water. Isn't it interesting that it would be out of the water that Moses would be rescued, and it would be through the parting of water that Moses would lead the Israelites into safety? You know, Moses would spend 30-plus years being raised in the house of the king. He would spend the next 40 years being raised um, amongst the land. And then he would spend the final 40 years of his life fulfilling his destiny. You know, you and I have no idea who we're raising, do we? We may be raising a future preacher or an evangelist or a teacher or a doctor future president of the United States, maybe a missionary, a mother, a father, a blue-collar worker, a white-collar war- worker, a future warrior. We have no idea who our children will become, but what we do know is that one day they're going to become, right? In Proverbs 22, 6, we're, we're instructed, train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, He will not depart from it. Our children are going to become someone and somebody. My prayer for all of us is that those we have influence over will become men and women of God. You know, you may have a child that that has strayed from the Lord. Keep praying for them. Keep trusting that God will draw them back home. Keep influencing them. Keep breathing God's word into them and their grandchildren. The, the fifth and final point this morning is this. Jochebed trusted the Lord. And as a result of Jochebed and her husband, Amran's faith, the Lord would bless them and include them amongst the great faith champions um, in Hebrews chapter 11. Again, I want to read to you verse 23, but I want to take it through verse 29. And I want us to see the influence these parents had on, the, on, on Moses, how their lives, um, how they changed um, and influenced Moses. But we read, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. 
By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible." By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. By the, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. You know, their child would go on and change the world, right? Moses was God's man. But God gave Moses a mom and a dad that loved him so much that they were willing to let him go in order for him to fulfill his God-given purpose. That is what godly parents do. That is what godly mothers do. That is what many of you have already done and many of you will soon do. I came across this acronym for mothers. But um, notice this about a mother. If you're a mother, you already know this. Um, If you're a a father or a child in this room, be reminded of this. A mother is amazing. A mother is generous. A mother is patient. A mother is thoughtful. A mother is selfless. A mother is inspiring. I came across this illustration taken from a book by Max Lucado, A Gentle Thunder. And it's been kind of altered a little bit by Pastor Alan Carr, but I want to read this to you about moms. Moms, why do you love your newborn child? I know, I know, it's a silly question, but indulge me. Why do you? For months, this baby has brought you pain. They made you break out in pimples and waddle like a duck. Because of them, you've craved sardines and crackers and threw up in the morning. I'm so glad Danny didn't crave sardines and crackers, but some of you may have. They punched you in the tummy. They occupied a space that wasn't theirs and ate food they didn't fix. You kept them warm. You kept them safe. You kept them fed. But did she say thank you? Are you kidding? She's no more out of the womb and she starts to cry. The room is too cold. The blanket is too rough. The nurse is too mean. And who does she want? Mom. Don't you ever get a break? I mean, who has been doing the work the last nine months? Why can't dad take over? But no, dad won't do it. The baby wants mom. She didn't even tell you she was coming. She just came. And what a coming. She rendered you a barbarian. You screamed, you swore, you bit bullets and tore the sheets. And now look at you. Your back aches, your head pounds, your body is drenched in sweat, every muscle strained and stretched. You should be angry, but are you? Far from it. On your face is a longer than forever love. They've done nothing for you, yet you love them. They brought pain to your body and nausea to your mourning, yet you treasure them. Their face is wrinkled and their eyes are dim, yet all you can talk about are how good looks and bright future awaits. She's going to wake you up every night for the next six weeks. But that doesn't matter. I can see it on your face. You're crazy about her. Why? Why does a mother love her newborn? Because the baby is hers. Even more, because the baby is her. Her blood, her flesh, her sinew and spine. Her hope, her legacy. It 
It bothers her not that the baby gives nothing. She knows a newborn is helpless, weak. She knows babies don't ask to come into this world. And God knows we didn't either. We are his idea. We are his. His face, his eyes, his hands, his touch. We are him. Moms, continue to be amazing. Raise your children to fulfill their God-given purpose. Because they have a purpose, just like every one of us in this room still have a purpose. And that purpose is to impact the world for Jesus Christ and to impact those that we have influence over. I'm going to ask you to stand now. Um, you know, I don't know on a day like that, uh, uh, like this, if there is a decision you need to make. But I'm going to be standing here at the front. If there's a way that I can pray for you or if there's something you need, um, I just want to be here available to help you in any way that I can. Let's pray together. Father God, we come before you, Lord Jesus, and just again, um, Father, on a day like this that we set aside to celebrate our moms, Father, we are just grateful for them, grateful for the influence that they have had on our lives, Father, for those in this room, Lord, that may not have had a mom that impacted them and influenced them, Father, um, and in a godly way, Lord. We know that all of us, Father, um, all of the moms in this room, all the dads in this room can become um, men and women of faith, just like Jochebed was. We may not have had that influence, but we can certainly become that influence. Father, I know in a room like this, Father, on, on Mother's Day, that Mother's Day is not easy, Father, for many of us in this room that have lost our moms, that, that have lost those treasures in our life, Father. And so, Father, I pray on a day like today that you will help us to get through the day. <clears throat> And Lord, we just ask that you will just guide our steps today, Father, as we leave from here in just a few moments, Father. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you will just um, continue as we worship together to speak to us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.